everyone. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Alan, and I'm joined by my friend Jeff today. And today we're going to have an authentic conversation. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing well. How are you, Alan? Thanks for having me here. Yeah. Um, where are you right now, by the way? We're actually on Zoom. Um, so tell us a bit about where you are, like literally in, in your life, I yeah, guess. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm, you know, so it's the pandemic, COVID-19. I, um, I'm currently in Davis, California. Just with my my family situated here, so uh, I'm here right now. I was in Los Angeles, but because of COVID nineteen, I'm back here at home. How about you? Where are you at? Alan? Cool, cool. Um, so I'm with my family um, in a suburb near Kansas City. Uh, before that, I was in Chicago, um, which is where Jeff and I actually met during college. Um, but we've gone our separate ways since. Uh-huh. Anyway, Jeff. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, this was actually Jeff's idea to uh, get this podcast together, and it's your first time um, on the podcast. I was wondering, um, you know, like uh, you came to me saying you wanted to talk about George Floyd, um, and I thought that was a really great idea. I've actually been wanting to have more dialogue about this, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, it's it's definitely I think a big part of at least this year, and maybe uh, in in, in this decade, maybe a big part of our country's history. Um, and, you know, at least during this time, um, I'm just wondering, you know, what is your, what was your reaction to uh, the George Floyd incident? Um, and, you know, what is your take on things going on right now? Yeah, thanks for, yeah, bringing this up, Alan. Yeah, I definitely um, thank you for just bringing out the, this idea of the podcast and letting me kind of have a chance to kind of share our thoughts about it. Um, you know, like, yeah, this is something, I guess it's, to be honest, this is something that's kind of been um, in my mind just recently. I It was this week, I'm sure for all of us, it's been like a whirlwind of emotions. I started this week off, like I'm, I'm currently in grad school. I started this week off, and it's like, it's about the start of the last week of the quarter system, and, you know, we're busy in work, um, busy doing homework and stuff, and, and things like that, um, and then, and then, you know, George Floyd gets on the news, and you see what happens, um, you see the, the, the way he died, um, the way he was killed by the policeman, uh, in a very brutal way, and it, it shocked everyone, and I think, for me, in the beginning, to be honest, my first reaction was a little bit of, a little bit of sort of some fear. Um, I think what shocked me over the weekend last week was the amount, the reaction that was growing into the point of protests and then the looting that was happening. And it was not just like situated only in Minneapolis. It seemed like it was happening all over the country and exploding all over. And the reactions I started to see was that there were national guards moving in to certain cities and so forth. I mean, I, I have a brother, he's, he's in Cleveland. I have friends who are in Los Angeles. I have friends in the Bay area, uh, in Chicago, everywhere. And there seems to be the similar types of protests going on. But then the reaction I, I was seeing was like the national guard coming in, um, the curfews that were instigated and started. All those things kind of just was the start of my week. I was thinking about those issues. 
So my first reaction was that, and then like small businesses, you know, getting um, hurt by that, um, by by what was happening. But then over time, I started thinking more about the bigger issues throughout this week about the conversations about race and racism. I, I'm starting to have more frank conversations during this time, and people were really bringing this up um, to me, and that just kind of made me think about it. Um, it made me reflect upon like just race, racism in America, um, made me think what, what's my role as like an Asian person growing up here or an Asian American, like wh what is my role in this um, and what can I do about it? And that's why I reached out to you, Alan, just to talk about it more. So cool. yeah, that's a little bit what I was thinking about. I don't know, what, do you have any reactions yourself? I know you're yeah. in Chicago. And, yeah, just if you have any thoughts too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was in Chicago um, last month and, well, I guess two months ago, April, I, I came home. Um, my parents drove me home. I've been in quarantine uh, during this uh, shutdown ever since, um, since our labs shut down. I, okay, so, so George Floyd happened. He was murdered um, on May 25th uh, mm -hmm. in 2020. I guess I'm being specific about dates because who knows, maybe someone will listen years from now and we'll be like, what are we talking about? Um, yeah, George right. Floyd was a, so I guess the context, my understanding is George Floyd was a black, I don't know, 40 something year old man. Um, he was a father. Um, he was, he was um, confronted, accosted by the police over accusations of um, counterfeit payment. Uh, the thing that really, really started, started these riots, really started the angry protests was the video footage that got released of a cop, um, Derek Chauvin, if I'm saying his name right, accompanied with three other officers um, who, you know, they took out the guy, you know, handcuffed him, but then put him on the ground and then the cop um, put his knee on the neck while he was like lying flat on the stomach. Derek said, not Derek, um, George Floyd says, I can't breathe. And he's in that position for over eight minutes. Mm -hmm. um, he's later rushed to a hospital and he dies. Footage goes um, viral. There are protests all across the city, starting in Minneapolis where this occurred. Um, so. So I think right. So before this, I had heard of other incidents like um, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery. Um, and to be honest, like I'm going to be completely frank, you know, this is not the first time where uh, a police officer has shot a black person um, or, or killed uh, when it was person. right or killed a person. Um, and, you know, I, to my to my my general reaction is. I think I think force violence is probably you know, it's always, I don't know if it's ever the, the solution I want. Um, and, you know, those things happen. And then I, honestly, it's like, it's like what people say, it's like, you kind of get used to it, you know? Um, you know, so I, I was going about like, you know, minding my own business. Uh, although obviously I'm like, oh, I, I feel bad. Oh, that's too bad, you know? Then yeah. George Floyd happens. I still hear about it. Um, this is like early, like maybe a week and a half ago. I hear about it. I'm like, oh no, not again. 
right? And then on Friday, so like um, eight days ago, um, it was the end of May. So it had been a week after he was killed. I, 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 I don't, I don't read the, I'm not an avid news reader, but I happened to open like my news app and the top headline was about the Minneapolis riots, how it was burning, how many stores were set aflame. And then I was like, oh, wow, this is different. The other thing that caught my attention was that our medical school's um, Dean of Multicultural Affairs, she's, she's one of the sweetest, most sensitive people I know. And, um, you know, she sent out an email saying like, I know many of you are distressed over the George Floyd incident. Um, you know, I share in your pain and your anger and your frustration. Um, she also quoted Martin Luther King um, uh, saying like, for those of you who are questioning like what's going on with the riots, Remember that MLK said, um, uh, a riot is a way to, he's ex he explains riots by saying it's the language of the unheard. Um, okay. You know, and, and I think the point there is not that you are excusing the violence taken against like small businesses and everything, but that you're simply explaining, you know, why, why they are going to such, to such ends. Um, so then, you know, all this happens and I'm like, okay, um, I did a little bit of work and I was like, okay, I got to read about this. And then I saw some news clips uh, and some videos. And so I actually saw the, the chokehold that the cop put him in. And that was just really, that was just heartbreaking because George Floyd didn't look like he was like physically resisting or being violent at oh. all. Right. And then... Yeah. And then when he's on the ground, he's like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Everybody, everybody, like many people around, around the cop and everything was just like saying like, stop it. You know, like you yeah, can't, like, like, yeah, there's too much. Right. And the cop doesn't do anything. The store owner who even like called the cops was like, you know, this is too much. Right. I had very little sympathy for the cop because he was like, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll stop when he can get up, but how can like, you know, but how can he get up when he can't breathe? You know, it's just like, it just felt like he didn't really care for his humanity and for his dignity. Right. 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 Um, and then that's when I was just, I don't know, that's when I felt like really sad. And then that's when I was like, you know, I can, I can see why this is like, this is different. Um, Alex Van Jones, he's a CNN commentator. Um, he was interviewed by Conan O'Brien. I watched that clip. He said, you know, what's different about this is that there's no excuse this time around. Normally, like, cop shoots a, shoots a man, and you can somehow try to justify it. Like, but maybe he's running like, away. Like, 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 yeah, he's running away. Um, he was approaching me at high speed, or he, 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 he reached into his pocket, and he could have been pulling out a gun, even though it was just which, like a phone. Which, by screen. the way, all those are still kind of kind of ridiculous, I think. Right, excuses, right, right. But still, that could be kind of framed in a justifiable right. manner. In, but in, this in my, one is different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in my mind, I'm thinking like, okay, I don't know what it's like to be a cop, you know. I, I don't know the experience. Maybe they're on edge all the time or something. Maybe they're taught to always avoid, um, like, avoid any possible altercations. By, you know, like, like in that, in, I, try to, I try to justify it even though the justification is very tenuous. Um, yeah. In this case, it just, like, I really felt like he, like, that cop put, put the word brutal in police brutality, you know?
Um, right. And so, you know, and then it's been a week since then. And I, uh, I just, I just see all these news articles, all these tweets, all these people who are saying, this is enough. I want change. I'm exhausted. Um, black people on Twitter saying like, don't, don't ask me how I'm doing. You know, I get asked that all the time. I just want real change, you know? Um, uh, so I guess, I guess, I guess I've been just telling or narrating like what I've been seeing. Um, and what I've been feeling is, you know, like, geez, like there are all these riots going on. There are all these protests, you know, and it feels like with COVID-19 as well, like society's trembling down. And yet, um, today I, I read a science paper today. I did some bioinformatics research on my laptop, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's just like this weird kind of like contrast between like, Oh, this is like what the media is telling me about the state of our country. And then this is my life, you know? Yeah. There's like a weird dissidence and I think it's impacted with like the, the pandemic. And I think that right. leads to this. And, and I feel for me too, it's kind of weird because like you have the pandemic and you're kind of told to stay at home, shelter in place, so social distance for the betterment of our country. Yet our country is, it's like, but yet you see these inequalities, you see the injustice and, and you're like, what am I supposed to do? I feel like there's a little bit of this kind of dilemma and confusion that's impacting certain people right now. Um, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw like, you know, I, I saw a lot, I saw Obama release a statement. Um, you know, I think, I think there's overall this like consensus of that what was done was really terrible. It was evil. It was wrong. Um, yeah. and mm-hmm. then there's been a bit of variation on then what should be done from there, you know? Yes. And that's, and, and for me, like I'm, I'm always someone who, I guess from the scientist perspective, I try to explain things in terms of cause and effect. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I've just been wondering like, you know, like what, what should I do? You know, um, because there are all these people saying like, you know, like you gotta, you gotta prevent racism, you know, you gotta join the movements. Um, uh, you know, uh, so I've been asking myself like, is, is now the time to join a protest? Um, you know, I, I think yeah. Obama and many people are saying like, what matters is that you vote, you know? Um, yeah. I think that's also that's something important to vote. Yeah. Because right. it doesn't mean just just changing, pro- you know, protesting is one thing, but if it doesn't transfer, you know, translate into the voting booth, then, yeah. you know, it, it's not, the potential for the change is not met, in my right. opinion. Right. I remember last Friday when I first, like when I was really reading about it, um, I remember like just having a lot of questions. Um, like, you know, like my emotional reaction was, I feel really sad for the, for the victims, like all victims, right? I feel sad for yeah. people who are dead that shouldn't have been dead. I feel sad for the family and community members that are affected by the aftermath of whoever died. Um, yeah. I feel bad for like small business owners uh, who like, you know, it's like, you know, some of them are even black, you know, it's like, it's like, it's just this, it's this arbitrary indiscriminate, like writing that's like tearing down buildings. Like I, I don't like that at all. 
So yeah. I've read, okay, so I don't know what you think about this. I've read on, you know, Instagram stories, tweet, tweets, whatever. Mm -hmm. you know, if like some people saying like, oh, if you're, uh, if you're complaining about the violence being done physically, think about the violence that's being done to black people, like, um, or people that are oppressed, like throughout all of American history, you know? Yeah. Um, and the, so then that's one thing it's like, like, I, I don't know how much I like that because it, it's basically relies on this principle of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, I understand their point, right? It's like, don't, don't just look at that and be like, why are they being so violent? Whereas we have done nothing wrong. Right. right. Um, yeah. The, the other, the other perspective uh, is, um, is more of like, you know, like we tried nonviolent protests. We try to be peaceful, um, but nothing, nothing changed unless you burn stuff, you know, like there's, there's that kind of perspective, which is, I think a lot of people saying like, yeah, we, we tried to do this movement peacefully and look like we still have a status quo. That's enough. We're tired. We're going the, we're, we're going, we're going to like be more violent, you know? Um, yeah. Well, if and, I, if it, mm -hmm. go ahead. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I'm, I'm just want to comment on that a little bit. First of all, for me, I, when I heard about the looting and, and, the businesses, small business getting hurt. I, I personally felt a little bit like scared a little bit. I think also um, just cause my family does um, like they run a small business as well. I feel bad for a small business going down and small businesses, honestly, during this pandemic has been hurt a lot because of COVID. Um, you know, I mean, I know the government has been trying to put in some relief packages for small businesses as a result. So this this has been a tough year economically for small businesses, and but I guess underlying me was like, wow, there's civil unrest happening in our country, and right. that that frightened me a bit. But then overall, I started reflecting. Yeah, there's civil unrest, but this is like I guess deep inside I was afraid of some type of change. But then I'm thinking more like this could be good change, as mm -hmm. it might be needed change in our country, especially yeah. regarding about racism. Right, um, right. And w one thing, so yeah, I said all that, but another point I want to make is like, to be clear, I don't think all the protesters are looting. And uh, I've even right. heard talks that some people are kind of infiltrating these peaceful protests for some of the looting that right. kind of detracts from the movement. But of course, right. they're also like, um, like looting because of it over, you know, like, just an explosion of, of anger and frustration for the way things have been in our country, in America, in the United States. Right, right. Um, what I've heard is that there actually there's some some looting going on that is actually out of anger, and then some people that are selfish and taking advantage of the situation, and some people that I think are in white supremacy groups trying to worsen the public image of all the riots going on by promoting the looting. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So, I mean, the looting, it's more, you know, it's like, yeah. So when the media say something like, look, oh, how the protesters are causing looting, I think that could be an overstatement. Like, because mm -hmm. the, the looting may not even be the protesters. And it can yeah. be other people. So just want to bring that distinction out there. But looting is happening. Right. It's definitely happening. Um, one thing I, I want to talk about 
is like, what, what is your feeling towards the police? Like I, so I don't have quite as much sympathy for the police as I do the other victims. Um, but I, I do have some mixed thoughts that I haven't quite sorted out about the police. Um, do you, yeah. like, before I share, like, what, what are your, what is your feeling or reaction? I mean, for one, I think a lot of communities of color have been over police. So there's some kind of sense, like, okay, um, there needs to be some type of reform, I think, in our policing. Uh, but overall, I think policemen in general, like the police, men and women um, are important in our society. Many are good people that, that protect and serve us and help us when we're in need. I think that's something to, um, to, to acknowledge and to affirm. Um, I think a lot of times the protesters right now, the police in the protests, I feel like this interaction is kind of, I mean, interesting is one way to say it. I think it's otherwise complicated is that sometimes the police are, I feel like in some ways they're just doing their job, trying to keep the thing, like watch out for the protest, make sure like it's peaceful. Um, of course, there has been some instances of police like brutality towards the, towards the, some of the protesters. So that's mm -hmm. something to bear in mind. Um, I was gonna say something else about the policemen. Oh. I've also hear some stories that the policemen, National Guards, a few of them even say like, hey, we support you in this movement too. This is just my right. job. Make sure we, right. we can work together. We can march together. We can protest yeah. together doing this too. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of thoughts in my mind, but at the same time, it's like um, not all policemen are bad. And um, sometimes they're just doing their job as well. But of yeah, course, there yeah. is needs to be some reform in our policing and how how it, it disproportionately affects mm -hmm. like people who are black, people who are brown, yeah, and yeah. other minorities. Yeah. So so here's here's a before I talk about the you know the policing system as a whole, um, mm -hmm. what is your thought about the four police officers that were involved with George Floyd? Because um, there's like the one guy who actually did the the chokehold. And then mm -hmm. there's like the three others that we're watching. Like what, what, what do you, do you have any thoughts or feelings towards them? I do. Yes. I think then this goes into like the importance. I think maybe why I wanted to bring up even talking about the podcast of like the idea of having action. Um, the policeman. So Derek, was it Chauvin or the guy yeah. who had his knee on Floyd's neck? He's, you know, he is the one who, who like, his actions are for sure definitely murdered him, in my mind. But mm -hmm. the other police officers, they seem more complicit. They were kind of biased. They didn't really check him to see if he went overboard. And they let it, I mean, it's obvious it was the eight minutes of this. So this mm -hmm. is something in my mind, like, yeah, they, they are at fault in that sense. It makes me think, too, as a person, then, if I see injustice, if I don't do anything about it, that's a problem. And that's something I, I noticed about, about that interaction too, about those cops. And, and I know like some of them were actually actively involved too. I know two of the other ones, they were pinning Floyd down. So the idea is like him getting up, how could he get up if one's on his neck and several on, and two others are on his leg and body, right? So that's okay. something. Okay, that right. was actually a detail I missed. Um, Cause I, the way I pictured it was, or the way I thought I saw it was, 
um, Derek Chauvin was pinning him down. And then I thought the other three were just watching. Um, one, one for sure was just watching. And then also the people are, you know, the people with the cell phones were like smartphones were like recording. And then he's just there's like, you know, back off. Well, this is police area right now. Um, but he's at fault too, I think. There's definitely one guy like that. Yeah. So, so this might be, this might be my, this might be a hot take. Maybe my hottest mm-hmm. take. I don't know. Which is, so Derek Chauvin, you know, he's, a, he's charged with murder, right? Like, I, 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 I'm probably more on board with that. Um, uh, the other three officers, here's, here's what my thought is. Um, you know, like, like, we talk about, like, they were complicit. They should be also charged as well. Um, one question I asked myself was, if I was, if I was one of those cops, you know, what would I have done? You know, like, like I imagine they didn't know this guy was going to die eventually. Um, I think Derek Chauvin had always, had also been, you know, a longtime veteran in the police force. Um, so this guy is probably like, you know, if I'm the cop as well, this guy is probably like my superior, at least informally. Um, yeah. And so... One, one thing I've learned, you know, funny that I mentioned like my PhD training and being in a lab. One thing I've learned is that when you don't have power, it takes a lot of courage and assertiveness to speak up even over the little things. Um, yeah. And it's especially uncomfortable um, when you're talking to someone who has more experience than you, has more, probably has more leverage than you, you know? Um, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say like, oh, like what they did is okay. Right. But I, I don't know if I can say like, yeah, I'm, I'm better than those cops. I would have, I would have like gotten Derek Chauvin to stop doing whatever he was doing to George Floyd, you know? Um, so I guess like for me, I I don't really have necessarily a point to make, but my big question is, you know, what was going through their minds as they were seeing this, you know? Um, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure in hindsight, they're like, Oh my gosh, I wish I, I wish I did something, you know, I feel so bad. Um, in the present moment, it's like, uh, like, like, I wonder what they were thinking. Oh, I'm kind of uncomfortable. Um, he should probably stop this, but, um, it doesn't look like it's too life threatening, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, I, I don't know. That's just, that's just my thought, you know, at the same time, however, um, people want accountability. And mm-hmm. so I think that, you know, they should, I, I think that it's not surprising to me that, you know, people are calling for all four officers to be charged or convicted. Yeah. Um, and, and so like, I, I don't know, it's one of those things where I don't have like a strong, like hateful or angry emotion towards the other three officers. But right. um I think the, I think the, the, the key application or takeaway is what you said, you know, what is it, what does it mean to be complicit? What does it mean Mm -hmm. to be a a bystander? You know? Um, Yeah. I won't like, yeah, because of my own experience, like working in a lab, I won't, I won't immediately condemn or judge someone harshly if they are simply a bystander when I think that they shouldn't be. But um, I think that the challenge then is like, you know, how do we, yeah, it's like what you said, how do we learn to not be a bystander if there is injustice going on? 
And that again yeah. calls into question like what can we do? Yeah, does that does that make sense? That that makes a lot of sense. If I can comment a few things about that. First sure. of all, like one is this idea of um like obedience. I mean I um so I I studied a little bit of like social psychology. I took a like a class on it. Um and they were talking about are you familiar with Milgram and his Stanley Milgram's hypothesis, right? Is he the is he the guy who did the like the electrocution experiment? Yes. I, and that's okay. one of the reasons we have our inner you know, internal review board when you need to do certain research with uh, subjects now, it's because of his experiments. They're they were kind of unethical at the time. I mean right. now we view them as unethical. Um but the idea of what he found was like the idea also for those who don't know, like Milgram's ex like experiment with um about obedience was basically he had a person come into a room and then they were testing um this person and there's a person in like another room and they're testing the subject will come in, in the room and then they say hey these are these shocks and the person does not um answer the things correctly increase the shock and we just want to see how much that type of reinforcement will change their behavior now in reality the person um he was in the other room is an actor, right? And that actor doesn't really, um, will always say the wrong answer, okay? Right. And the idea, and the actor's also not necessarily getting shocked, okay? But the idea is that the shock will always keep going higher and we wanna test how high the person will go um, and obey the, ex the experimenter in the experiment. Because they'll go high and then you hear the person, you know, screaming or saying something, it's like, it's too hard, it's too hot, or like too painful, can you stop? And, and then maybe the experiment, like the the person who's being experimented on might say like, hey, I want to stop. But the experimenter might say the experiment says that you have to continue. And they right. want to test at what point will the person just get up and leave and say first, you know, screw the experiment. I don't want to, I'm not going to do this anymore. It's not, you know, unfair. It's not fair. Um, and over time, what they found was that a, a significant proportion will continue to just keep going up on the shocks and obey, trusting something like the experiment. So I feel like something like that may be occurring when you see something like you're talking about the cops in that sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know that's, in my mind, though, I don't know that's a good excuse, especially if you're police. Like, right. I was talking to a family about family member about this, and they were saying something like, if the policeman was like, if you see, if you're a person out there and you see like the policeman doing something unjust, what do you do? Do you call the cops when you see the cops are unjust? Like it's right. like this is an issue here. Like this seems like what what would you do if you like the cop is the one causing injustice, causing a murder, causing something wrong. Like, it's just like, it's never supposed to get to that point. I feel like there's some issue with that. And and then my family member was kind of saying like, well, if that's the case and the cops weren't doing anything, I would, as a participant, will come in and push the cop off. Which for me, I was like, for real, is that really going to happen? Mm. But, but I guess the point is, maybe it is in the cop's duty to check also the policemen around them. I think yeah. it should be incorporated with the duty. If you're doing something, I need to check you and make sure you're not going there. 
may, that might be the only way to like balance these types of power um, issues with that. But right, of course, right. You know, yeah. It's like a. I think it's just superseding the rank or order of how things yeah. go. Yeah, and I guess like if I could, you know, wrap like you know wrap that up in a nice sleek bow tie. You know what I'm trying to say. It sounds yeah, like nice what you're saying thing. is. Um, I think that a lot of what I've been thinking about is a distinction between explain versus excuse. Like the whole Milgram, the whole Milgram theory about how, you know, we tend to obey orders even if we find it inhumane. I think it explains yeah. it, right? Obviously it doesn't excuse it. Um, no one, no one looks at like giving a dude like 500 volts and is like proud of it. Right. Um, so uh, and so I think that, like, you know, even if I can sympathize with the other bystanding cops, the importance of, you know, being charged with that is to show the community and to show other police officers that there is a sense of accountability that will be enforced, right? Which is the yeah. problem that people have had, you know, how can this cop have done such a thing and then be allowed to walk free, right? Um, the other thing that I think is interesting that you pointed out is, like, if you see a like you know if you see a, a cop doing injustice to something something really really terrible to a community member do you call the cops that's 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 self defeating or whatever um and and so that that also points to the the other thing that you know minorities have which is they can't trust in local law enforcement which is a part of the fabric of the society that we've built um mm -hmm. And so again, like with the accountability in place, you know, even if, even if the cop means no harm, um, I guess people have to be shown that there are consequences, you know, or else mm -hmm. there's no trust in the system. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and so I think that that's, yeah, that's a really good point. So yeah, obedience, I think, I, I really like that point you brought up about Milgram and, and, and accountability. Yeah. yeah. I think also, I mean, this makes me, and that relates with Milgram, and I just think it might be a lesson for all of us. Is like, it might be against our nature, but sometimes we might have to, like, not, like, think for ourselves and act on, on those thoughts of, like, if you see injustice, you can't just let it happen. You actually have to act. And that means somehow breaking this obedience structure that sometimes we're or wired to do, maybe that that might be necessary sometimes. And I think a little bit of that's happening with the protests. We have all these like shelter in place, social distancing kind of culture built in right now. Yet, like people are disobeying that for the greater, I, I mean, arguably more important reason of, of racial injustice. Hmm. Um, of course, it's that's complicated depending on, you know, and, and there's other ways to get involved. You don't have to just protest. You can, right donate you could um you can write something you can just have these conversations now i think yeah. there's many ways to get involved but for those who choose you know i think that's part of their thinking process right now yeah yeah did you have two other points because you said obedience was one of the points right well the other point i kind of mentioned it was just the um, uh, i don't think the cops as a cop you it's not just following your partner you have to check your partner right sure. right right that thing. But then I think that lesson kind of goes to all of us. We need to check each other um, and make sure we're all kind of following aligned with that too. I mean, I think this plays a big role in like 
with family members and stuff too or not just family but like if you if you see someone talking having racist attitudes and thoughts and they think maybe it's a joke or something maybe now's time to check that to say hey that that's not right that that isn't that's not you know At this point in the conversation, Jeff and I began to discuss other topics. In order to not pack too much content in one episode, I decided to break it into two parts. So join us next time to hear the rest of our conversation. See ya!